Did you know improving your communication can double your net worth? Just because it's not your title doesn't mean you're not in sales. You are. Lloyd Day created and has taught this communication training for 30 plus years. Macy McNeely, Lloyd's daughter, and Catherine Schubert, a founding student, were struggling entrepreneurs who, after going under his wing and seeing their businesses quadruple, knew that this was the missing piece for so many others. That's how the Guide Culture Training started and has taught over 500 students in just two short years. Sales is guiding people into a decision that is best for them. Guide Culture is not sales training, it's life training. We are a group of completely bought-in sales professionals who persuade for good. Here are your hosts, Macy, Loy, and Catherine. Hey guys, we got Macy and Loy here for a podcast episode together, the the originals of Guide Culture. And we're so excited to talk about a really exciting concept that I think it's going to be game changing for your mindset. Uh, yes, it will be. It's one of these concepts that I have known for years, but it's one of those concepts you know it and you don't really think about it. You just, yeah. you know, you just kind of, it's just there. And you, but this concept of an agent, an agent, and I had something happen the other day that kind of brought it to life. And we'll lead into that towards the end. But let's first of all, just talk about an agent, what agent is. An agent is really a legal term. Mm-hmm. Whenever someone is an agent for another, they have a legal obligation, an obligation of duty of some sort. And I remember being an insurance agent over the years and the companies would try to explain to us, hey, you're an agent for the company, mm-hmm. not for the client. Mm. Your job is to represent the company in their best interest. And that's what an agent does. Mm-hmm. The company hires the agent to take their product to market. And then when, when, the, when the customer buys the product from the company, the company pays the agent a commission. Mm-hmm. That's the way it works. So we're agents for the company. But it's a really hard position because we have to also take care of the client. Right. And, and It feels sa- like car- counterintuitive. Almost. A little bit because in sales – you have to take care of the client if you're going to earn and, and right. the business and keep it and all that. So the only way you can really do that is really represent the company the way you're supposed to, but be completely honest and transparent with the client. Right. Uh, realtors have to go through that because realtors, you know, they have a buying agent and they have a selling agent. Mm-hmm. And they have this obligation to disclose to their customer whether they're the buying or the selling. Mm-hmm. And sometimes if an agent like is both on the buying and the selling side, they usually represent one of them mm-hmm. and they'll tell the other one, Hey, you know, I'm the rep- I'm really representing the seller, but I'll work with you as the buyer or mm-hmm. vice versa. Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes there's an obligation, Hey, I'm a dual agent. I actually work for both of you, which means I don't work for any of you. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of an interesting concept. So it's a legal term. And, and the key here though, is what is the spirit of what an agent is supposed to do? And then the other day, I was in Clubhouse listening mm. to the people talk. And we're loving Clubhouse, aren't we, Loy? Yes, we're, <laughs> it's, it's an interesting format, and it's something we're going to jump on and try. Yeah, I know you've been listening a ton. Yes, and, and it's, it's some high-quality people in there. Yeah. It's really a high-quality situation. Mm-hmm. But I was listening to one of the people talking, a high-quality person, and he made a comment that was so true. He said, um, you know, so many people go to work for themselves because they don't want to work for anyone. So Mm -hmm. they go to work as a self-employed person and say, I don't work for anybody. I work for myself. But in reality, they work for everybody. 
And that is, I heard that and I thought, man, that is so good. Yeah, because you're an agent, not for yourself. You're an agent for your customers, which means you do everything you can to make sure they win, not that you win. Yeah. So, so we go back to the, the obligation, the mindset of an agent. You have yeah. to represent somebody. Right. And represent it to the best that you possibly can. And, and the thing you have to do there is, is, you know, we teach in guide culture to take on this mentality of we love and serve. Our job is to go out there and love and serve other people, mm-hmm. and our rewards will show up some way, somehow, mm-hmm. but we can't think about that. We just have to think about going out and doing mm-hmm. the thing. Think about the process, not the outcome. Right, the mm-hmm. process and, and really taking care of the customer. Right. Back to that insurance example, yeah, I represent the, co- the company, and I have to be fair and honest with them, mm-hmm. but I, I also represent my client. Oh, yeah. Uh, and, and so we, we kind of have this obligation. Sometimes it's a little bit gray in the insurance world. Sometimes it's a slightly gray. But when it's not gray, you've got to make the position, make the grant, and be honest and do the right thing. Mm-hmm. And maybe you, if uh, if a company has a stance on something and the and the customer needs advice, you kind of have to let the company know, hey, here's what's going on. Mm-hmm. And but then off the record, you can talk to the customer and educate them. Hey, this is what the company's looking for. Here's what you need to do. Let me mm-hmm. educate you on how to do this. Mm-hmm. But you just have to be fair back to the company, right? And be honest with them. So that's sort of an obligation of an agent. Mm-hmm. And then we have this other story about rights and obligation. Mm-hmm. Rights and obligations. I learned this one when I was practicing day trading of all things which is a terrible thing to do. It doesn't work. It's impossible, just about. And you, you remember we had this game with this thing with GameStop uh-huh. where, where the, the big market rise and the hedge funds lost all this money. Well, that's a rights first obligation thing. And, and what happens is when you sell something, you have an obligation to deliver whatever that is. Right. And when you buy something, you have a right to receive whatever it is you paid for. And so in the GameStop situation, the, the hedge funds were selling short. They were selling, which they had an obligation. And the other side were buying, which means they had the right. And the obligation means I have to sell. I have to buy this stock. I sold you this, and I have to buy it back at this price. Mm-hmm. No matter what the market goes to, I've obligated myself to buy it back at this price. Well, the market went really, really high. And they were stuck with this obligation to have to buy this stock back. And all the people that had paid for it had the right to buy it at that price. Mm-hmm. Therefore, the obligation and right thing came into play. And the hedge funds lost a lot of money. And the, and the day traders won a lot of money because of the rights and obligation. We'll, we'll take that forward to the marketplace, us. We're mm-hmm. out there selling guide culture training. Mm-hmm. Well, once we sell it and take the money, we have an obligation totally. to deliver top-level stuff, mm-hmm. and the people that buy it have the right to receive that. That's right. So no matter what you're doing out there, the rights and obligation is always in play. It's kind of a rule of life a little bit. It's a, it's a principle of life. Mm-hmm. It sure is. Then I'll tell another story. This was a story that Grant Cardone told in Clubhouse, mm-hmm. and it was a rights and obligation story. And someone was, he was doing the Undercover Billionaire mm-hmm. show, I think, on Discovery. Yeah. And someone maybe had seen it. Yeah, let me tell them what Undercover Billionaire is. Okay. They basically take these billionaires and they drop them in a random place. They give them a car and they give them like a hundred bucks, I think. Hmm. 
and they say, hey, make a million dollars, like use this hundred dollars and go like make a million dollars. And you can't use any of your contacts. You can't use your name. You can't use your relationships. Right. And it's a sh- it's really cool. It's a show and you can watch how they how they do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and some of them make it and some of them don't. Right. And so Grant apparently did good on this, mm-hmm. but he went out and found some investment. Yeah. And he went and found some guy and talked the guy into joining the investment. And and I think the guy wrote a check for $10,000. Wow. And then the guy on Clubhouse said, yeah, Grant, you're so great. You went and got a check for $10,000 from that guy. Mm-hmm. And Grant said, let me correct you on that. Yeah. I sold the guy an investment into a business. Mm-hmm. And then once I sold him that, I had an obligation to go deliver on my promise. That's right. So he had the right attitude. That's why he's successful. Mm-hmm. He had the right attitude around rights and obligations. Yeah, he wasn't thinking, oh, I made the sale. He was thinking, I got to go deliver. Yes. So so that's the important part about, you know, who do you work for mm-hmm. and rights and obligations. Right. So he, Grant Cardone, saw himself as an agent for that person that invested. Absolutely. He not, trusted in him. Not an agent for himself. But, right. hey, I have to go represent that guy that just made an investment in me really well. Right. And this is what led me to my realization. Mm-hmm. Uh, Linda and I, my wonderful, beautiful bride, mm-hmm. were in a discussion, and I probably had said something I shouldn't have, or I did <laughs> something wrong, or maybe somewhere along the way, and she called me out on something. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking, you know, you're right. Mm-hmm. You're right. Which she is, and normally I'm doing something wrong. Mm-hmm. And I started thinking about this agent thing. And it hit me almost upside the head like a hammer. We called it a two-by-four. I got hit with a two-by-four mm-hmm. with this idea. I thought, wait a minute. Who am I an agent for? Mm-hmm. Then I realized that I'm really supposed to be an agent for Jesus. Mm-hmm. I thought, uh-oh. Mm-hmm. When I think of myself as an agent and who am I representing mm-hmm. and how am I carrying myself mm-hmm. in my representation as an agent? Mm-hmm. And you can take that further. You can be a, you're an agent for your family. Mm-hmm. You're an agent for yourself. You're an agent for your business, mm-hmm. for the people you represent. So this thought of agency and what is an agent in a legal term and what is an agent mm-hmm. in everyday life just really hit me. Mm-hmm. And so I started thinking about this. This agent philosophy. Mm. That's so good. And what I th- what I think I love about it the most is, is you and I both know that the best way to lower anxiety and to lower stress is to be of service for other people. In fact, we talked about this in guide culture, but uh, Dr. Caroline Leaf, she is a um, brain, she studies the brain and she also talks about Jesus a lot. And she said, I prescribe people if they have the Sunday scaries and they're stressed and they're anxious about work on Monday to call somebody and ask how you can help them call and ask how you can serve them. And when you think about being an agent, it's like, Hey, how can I like serve in a way that makes them proud? That makes Jesus proud. That makes my family proud. And that just takes you out of the picture. It's not about you anymore. It's about serving people that represents someone else, not you. And I just love that. Yeah. It takes a self-centered out, centeredness out, and you and you rec- rep- recognize who else you're serving or who else you're representing out there. Yeah, it is such a huge deal. And also in in business, you know, you can tell when someone uh, is thinking of them of, think of them as an agent for themselves and not thinking of being an agent and really working for everybody. Mm-hmm. You can tell when they're in it for them and not in it to help people. Don't you think you can feel that? 
You can feel that. Absolutely. Yeah, it's a heart thing. And it's not something that you can teach. It's not something that you say. It's not, it's just a tone and it's the way you carry yourself. Mm. Uh, and it's something that people are drawn. I know I'm drawn to people and I'm just like, I don't know what it is, but this girl or this guy, he has the right heart. He's in it for the right reason. He's in it to help yeah. people. And that's who I want to be associated with. Yeah. And I know the yeah. most of you listening this but is I the think, same way. I think you probably can teach it mm-hmm. or you can learn it. You oh, can yeah. change and start and change your mindset around that. Right. As you can change any mindset. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's so good. And so I know you have here kind of how to be a better agent and how to have, you know, stronger buy-in so that you can talk. Let's talk a little bit about buy-in a little bit and why that's so important and what that even really means. I feel like every time I get on a lab call with my students, I'm talking about buy-in somehow, some way, just reminding them. I know before each session we do that too, don't we, Loy? Yes. We, we talk about buying in the first, at the beginning of guide culture, every session we we talk about, you know, you need to trust it, get in there and give it a chance, mm-hmm. you know, really get, really go for it all the way mm-hmm. before you decide if you like it or not. If you right. don't give it a chance, you can't do it. One thing I think might be helpful to help people understand buy-in is what it might look like to not buy-in. Because I think, I think initially in your heart, when you're, when you're like, it, the best example I can give you is guide culture, because we talk about people buying into guide culture, and they might l- quite literally think, oh, I purchased it. I'm showing up, I'm doing the work. So that's buy-in, isn't it? And that's not necessarily always the case. And this is for anything. Not being bought in is being half in, half out. And having a mentality of like, almost like thinking ahead instead of being in the present. So, And, and it's a little bit like being not bought in. It's a little bit yeah. by, about like second guessing. Yeah, like, second guessing. I think I'll know more than this. My mm-hmm. way's better. That makes no sense. And right. And not trusting it and trying to think you know more. That's right. Then you're not bought in. Yes. And your mind is not really open to absorb mm-hmm. the information properly. Yeah, I think, I don't know why I'm envisioning this, but I'm envisioning like um, a football practice and a player kind of having his arms crossed. Like the coach is saying, hey, we're going to do these drills. Mm-hmm. And the and a player's like, oh, I already know how to do those drills. Mm-hmm. I've already done this before. I don't need to do, I don't need to do that. Yeah. Instead of just saying, hey, coach, I'm going to do, I'm going to follow you blindly and do whatever you yeah. say because I trust you. Or another coach said, do it this way mm-hmm. and I'm not going to do it your way because I learned it this way and that's the way I'm going to do it. Right. That is the opposite of buy-in. Right. Buy-in is saying hey, I like trust you. This is proven. I know that, you know, you have my best interest at heart. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go all in with everything I have right now and once I get through it, once I'm the, the football season is over and I didn't love it or I didn't get anything from it, then I can say, hey, that wasn't for me. But during the football season, I'm going to buy into what the coach asked me to do. Yeah. In order to have a chance of really getting or doing well at anything, you really need to get, it's also a focus thing. It is. You know, I'm all in here and I'm focused on this. That's right. That's right. So buying in as an agent of whoever or whatever, buy-in will make you a better agent. Absolutely. You got to buy in because you represent someone. You need to be 100% focused on representing that. That's exactly right. And so we have a really good little acronym here. Lloyd did a good job. Yeah, that's B-U-Y, by, and then N-I-N. And it goes well. The, B, the B-U-Y is believe and understand and, and ask why. Try to understand understand why. Mm-hmm. And, and when you really believe mm-hmm. something and you understand it, you go hard. Mm-hmm. understanding and believe in it then you ask why how does this work you mm-hmm. know why is this why is this working for me or why are we doing this and try to have a good understanding around it 
And then the end is like, and it starts to inspire you. Mm-hmm. And then the end, which is the best part, said you, says that you realize that you need it more than it needs you. Mm. And just think of all the things that when you buy in mm. and you realize that you need it more than it needs you. Mm. I can think of examples all over the place. Give us some. Well, uh, first of all is is your, your faith. Mm-hmm. You know, one, once you get there, you realize, hey, I need that more than it needs me. Mm-hmm. It, honestly, if you go to uh, in any kind of a group, whether it be your job, mm-hmm. a community group, or mm-hmm. your friends, mm-hmm. or family, whatever, and you think you're like something, and what you do eventually realize, hey, I need this more than it needs me. Mm-hmm. Same thing with anything you learn. If you're, doing, if you're reading, learning, mm-hmm. trying to study something, and you mm-hmm. buy straight in, you try mm-hmm. to say, I'm going all in here. Mm-hmm. You realize that you need all that more than it needs you. Mm. So we need ourselves the buy-in. Yeah. It gives us things that we need. It gives us satisfaction, prestige. It makes us feel good about ourselves. All these things, buying is what gives us the purpose. Mm-hmm. So if we go about things half and half, we'll always be frustrated. Wow. If we buy in and get really excellent at something, then that's when we realize, hey, I really need this more than it needs me. Wow. That, uh, honestly, what really stuck out to me in those examples was a community. Uh, I don't know if you guys have ever been in, like, a community group or small group, or maybe you've volunteered before. And if you just, like, really go all into volunteering in somewhere, like, you show up on time, you show up prepared, you show up the way you're supposed to with the right materials and the right mindset, and then you find that, you get so much more from volunteering than volunteering ever gets from you. I know that I used to work in ministry. And so I think about the volunteers who were around for 10 years and they were the best volunteers of all time because they bought in originally. And that is a huge testament to the leader of that volunteer who Mm. got the initial buy-in. And now they're, you know, they're lifers as incredible volunteers because of, of the their mind and their mindset is I would never leave this. Oh yeah. You know, I have to be, I need this. I want to, there's come no here. other option. Yeah. Not, I mean, I have to do this. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's so good. I love that. So really one thing you can take away here is like, really, who are you an agent for and how are you representing them? If someone else were to say, Hey, this is who represents me. And this is what, this is what, you know, you can see about them. What would they say? And is that something that you're proud of? And really being in a place of like, I, you know, uh, I'm an agent for whoever, but especially like your business and that you work for everybody. You don't work for yourself. I know that's what we all want. That's like why people become entrepreneurs. I'm the same. I'm the same way. I'm like, hey, I want to do what I want to do, but you never work harder than you do than when you're an entrepreneur. Which also proves that we all work for someone, and we're all an agent for something or someone. That's exactly right. So do it intentionally, so you can be really proud of it. That's a good, good concept, Lloyd. Thank you so much, guys. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, send me a message on Instagram and let me know. And hey, if you have just like two seconds, whatever platform you're listening to this on if you could just drop us a review that would be so helpful it helps us know kind of where we're at what you guys are liking what uh specifically even point out a specific episode i know people do that sometimes on reviews that is so incredibly helpful so do that for us uh, and we can't wait to read them thanks so much thank you so much for listening and we hope this episode encouraged you in your journey come join us over at the winner's circle facebook group of online entrepreneurs who are winning the game of life The link is down in the show notes. We'll see you there.